0: Party people, yeah, tag team music, and full effect.
1: That's me, DC, the brain supreme, and my man Steve Ronan. We're getting the, the flow, and it goes a little something like this Tag team, back again. Check
2: it directed, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear Yo, what's up? Welcome DC's to another episode of jump Demo jump jump Listen. Jump I'm Gray, I'm joined as always by my co host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore and punk hard, punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. Um, if it's, if it's your first time listening to the show, um, you can basically expect us to hear music and say whether we like it or whether we don't like it or whether we're ambivalent towards it. Uh, we're not critics. It's not a review show in a traditional sense. We're not trying to help you make up your mind about anything. We're just presenting the music and, uh, we can't help but to talk about it when we do so, because that's just the kind of people that we are. We usually get through between five and seven bands in an episode. We have some, uh, we have 10 in the queue. We roll some dice and, uh, that's really all there is to it. It's a very, very simple, simple format. Um, and uh, this, if this is our first, this is our first week back or our first episode back after a week long break, because uh, as I, as I mentioned on the announcement I put out last week, um, Nate had some surgery on his arm. We were just catching up and he was filling me in on the, on the details about it, but uh, he seems to be feeling somewhat better. So we're, we're jumping back into it. Yeah, I'm feeling a,
1: a hundred, well, not a hundred percent better. Cause I still can't use my right arm, but uh, I'm feeling way better than I was last week. Yeah. But, uh it would have been even I would have been even dumber than I normally am. Um <laughs> I don't think I actually would have made it through a full recording as I was barely able to retain like any level of attention or I would say directed conscious behavior at anything for most of the week.
2: Yeah. I mean the pain was so bad that as you mentioned to me you you were forced to break edge by taking pain meds. So <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what though, I come through the the, the the fires and the trials of pain meds mm-hmm. with my conviction to the ex just edified and, and solidified that much further because I
2: never fucking want to feel that way again ever yeah, yeah I did it sucks I, it's been a long time since I've taken serious pain meds but I remember it sucking a whole fucking I, lot
1: you know it really made me think like you know like Addiction obviously is like no no joking matter, no laughing matter. I have plenty of folks, you know, in my life that have addiction issues or have had addiction issues and that sort of thing. Right. And plenty of light is made of it. But like, hey, this ain't the time or place. And I ain't going to say, you know, anything like that. But like, you know, fucking hell, man. If you're addicted to a substance that makes you feel as fucking bad as I felt, right? For the past week. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, for sure. I, I, it was, it was terrible. And, and, um, I am glad that I, well, I was also having a lot of reactions to the pain meds that they gave me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like Wednesday I was, I only took one pain med at like midnight. Right. Mm. And it took me 24 hours to metabolize that shit out of my system. It wasn't until like midnight the following day. Um, like Thursday that I started like feeling clear headed. And then I had to take another one to fucking deal with the fucking pain because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um. So it was whatever, whatever it was that was really fucking with me. It gave me some wild fucking dreams that I don't remember most of, but I do remember like basically like full color, like fucking like hell rides every night. <laughs> um. That was like one of them I had on like Friday night. Mm-hmm thursday or friday night um involved i was part of a DD adventuring group like real life right like yeah. we're fucking i don't know what the hell i was right but i know we had a wizard and we had a barbarian right yeah and the barbarian was played by the actor lauren green now, why the fuck my brain would put lauren green in uh, a dream that i was having lauren green a man long forgotten except you know, by the biggest Battlestar Galactica fans and fucking <laughs> like, you know, Lauren Green's new wilderness nature programs from the seventies and eighties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in my fucking dream and he was the barbarian and he had a crush on the wizard and, but he was a big fucking goof and he was always like, you know, slipping in and like, you know, like basically, like basically stepping on his own fucking dick anytime he'd try to move on the fucking wizard. Right. Right. And in my dream, the wizard comes through a teleportation circle and she kinda of startles Lauren and he spills some coffee in his groin and Lauren gets really excited to see her and I'm like, Oh, she's back, Lauren. Oh, Lauren, you pissed yourself. Oh, you nasty motherfucker, you pissed yourself. And it was just me making fun of Lauren Green for pissing himself as a barbarian trying to hit on a wizard in a D and D dream that I was having.
2: <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad. That sounds pretty cool. That's not, that's not a bad side effect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another dream I had that I distinctly remember was I was either the brother or caretaker of um, uh, a version of me with Down syndrome. And this version of me was very ornery and naughty. And one of his favorite things to do was pull my fucking leg hair out. (laughs) And so it was a lot of me like fighting off this like enormous, strong, you know, aggravating version of me that was trying to like pluck my fucking pubic hair and pluck my fucking leg hair and like trying to get at me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound too fun at all. No, those are the two that really stand out, and the rest of them were just blurs of fucking chaos that sometimes I would wake up from. Um, so you know, whatever, it's uh, it's done now, and um, you know, whatever. I guess it'll be fucking. Four
0: or
2: five months before my arm's back uh, to where it should be. Yeah. So now with your with your added inactivity due to you know your injury and your surgery on top of the inactivity caused by quarantine, we're now reduced not from from talking to the weather down to talking about dreams things that don't even exist on this plane of reality
1: <laughs> but laughing at laughing at Lauren Green for pissing himself is definitely better than, than talking about what what a beautiful day it was <laughs> that is true the idea yeah, yeah, no doubt um well you know, I have honestly like my fucking head, yeah. I, I, I was just out for a walk before we started recording, and people were out and about and doing their thing and that sort of stuff. And I heard, like, you know, some fucking dude drove by, some bad dad drove by in, like, a fucking, you know, F 150, and he was blaring, um, What's the Metallica song? Anywhere I roam, where I lay my head is home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like don't, he was—is is that "Don't Tread on Me"? Don't tread on me, right? It, of course it was. Of oh, fucking yeah. course it was. And he was blasting that song, right? Oh no,
2: I think that song. I think it's a. I think that's a different song, but it's from the same. I think it's from the same era. It's from both for uh, Black era, Black album. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but like he was blasting that song, and I was like, God
1: damn it! I wish it was still fucking cold, and everybody was still fucking getting sick you know what i mean that way that way i could come out here and not see anybody you know and you just you'd still be at fucking home right like i'm now i'm now like i've kind of uh i don't know there's like a there's a certain solace taken in misery now after a year right i'm not looking forward to like having to actually live again
2: well I, yeah i guess i kind of know what you mean and i've been in, out and about for for work and shit and uh the, the, certainly the animals have come out of hibernation. <laughs> the creatures are yeah. emerging from their mud holes and uh, yeah. it's, it hasn't been pleasant for sure. I feel that. No, I, I said last year that my, the, some of the, one of the best,
1: brightest times of my life was last like April, right? Yes. When everybody thought the world was going to fucking end and you could leave and not see another fucking person all day and the streets were deserted. Right. Yeah. It was cool. That was wonderful. Right. Yeah. But, um, whatever, fucking Biden getting it done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Getting it done like he said he would, right? Yeah, that's right. You know. I, I, I did get my fourteen hundred bucks. I'm not I'm, I'm not bummed about that. And I'm not touching a penny of it. I'm just letting it sit there and and I'm just really soaking in the feeling of having um over a thousand dollars in my bank account for more than a few days. There you go. There you go, man. <laughs> it's, I mean. been, it's been great.
1: He's fucking getting it done, man. He's fucking killing who he needs to kill apparently, and uh still, motherfucker still manages to get my fucking money to me on time. On time.
2: Right? Yeah, God bless him. God bless Uncle Joe. Um well, I have no interesting anecdotes. Nothing is happening in my life. I would uh, I'd love nothing more than to just jump back into the show and and listen to some shitty and hopefully some good music. So let's Dude. let's just get into the queue.
1: I haven't listened to a lick of fucking music prior to, well, I, I, I had like one bleary pain racked evening, like last Tuesday that I was just like zoning out and listening to some shit on YouTube. I think I texted you about a couple of those bands. You did. And then, um, um, I listened to the new Benediction album a couple of times, which is actually pretty good. I think it was AJ that mentioned that, Mm -hmm. um, it is, it is a return to form, um, which is nice to hear. Um, so yeah, I like that record. And uh, other than that, I have not listened to a fucking note of music, Um, so let's get into it.
2: Yeah, I haven't either. I've been I've been listening to the Glass Cannon like crazy, and I recently became a I became a Patreon subscriber. For oh,
1: you day. got all that fucking money now? You're gonna give it away? <laughs> That's you're right. gonna give it away for stories,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, you're damn right, I am. So, uh, so I've got that to listen to, and I've been running all over hell and half of China, uh, doing the sourcing sourcing for the old vintage resale game. So I've been listening to hours on that hours on end of the Glass Cannon, and I have I've man I've got the the D and D and the the tape Tabletop RPG bug back is back in full force. I mean, it never goes away. I always want to do it, but I'm really itching to play again. So I hope we get around to that well, soon. It is coming up pretty soon. I, I am I am almost ready. Good. So, well, until such a time, let's uh, let's listen to some hardcore and metal and other shit. So, okay. this week in the queue, first up, we have got a band called Trash Ferraris from L.A. This was sent in by Granger Hamilton. He described it as. Uh, just uh, kind of sloppy, low-fi, fun, garagey punk stuff. This kind of shit for me can can go either way. I either really like it, or it tends to be something that I, I think is kind of like transparently uh, false. This is we- the
1: second band I've seen that has like a supercar in its name this week. Trash Ferraris. and I saw another. I saw another band like called Go Lamborghini Go or something like that. I mm-hmm. hope that's not a trend.
2: I hope right? so too, because it's not very cool. No, it ain't. Then next up we've got Aranya. This is a submission from Eric Pressman. He says it is a New York band just playing kind of dark punk stuff. This is good. I have this tape. That was uh, sick. Oh no, I don't have this tape, but I've listened to this and I've been waiting for this to
1: come out on tape, so.
2: Oh, okay. Word. Uh yeah. then we have got uh Youth of North, I think is the name of the band. Um well, this was okay, so this was sent in by John from the Path. It's one of his uh weekly Weekly international submissions, but the link that he sent me um, is actually, the band is called Crispy Newspaper, I think, Um, but he... he he said yeah. it was called Youth of North in his Oh, a Youth of North is the label. I'm sorry. He it's did not label. He did not specify what the name of the band band is. Okay. So, the the band is Crispy Newspaper. They are on a Russian label called Youth of North. Uh the artwork looks cool. I don't know anything about it though. He does not provide any context with this with these bands. He literally sends links and the country that they're from.
1: It's it, all in Cyrillic
2: too, so it'll remain a mystery even if we do like it, right? Yep, for sure. Then we have got Reburied with their split with uh, Deconsecration. This is a death metal band from Seattle, Washington. It was sent in by Taylor Batts, who described themselves as a longtime listener, but first time submitter, and uh, said that this is a new death metal band from their area. Then we have got three-inch horses with "To What Once Was," which is a demo. This was sent in by Eric Dickey. This is a solo endeavor of his. He said that he usually does uh, like film scores and shit like that, but the podcast had him wanting to uh, to do something a little bit more exciting and make some music outside of his typical wheelhouse. He described this as an amateur attempt to recreate "My Bloody Valentine" and uh, and and some. Uh, I Brian, Brian Eno I think is his his other reference point for this then next up we have got Kagami this was sent in by Chris Thorderson it is a Japanese band that he described as playing ripping 80s style hardcore then we have got Sinister, Sinister Wand with Never Ending Night a band from Worcester Massachusetts this was sent in by Tyler Hammer then we have got Sad Halen with All the Things You Will See this is a really shitty band name that was sent in by Fatty Hurst. He said it's an Orlando <laughs> band playing like indie rock style, indie rock stuff. What's that? I, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know. Sad Halen kind of made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I, I really don't like it. But I don't know. think it's
1: a great name, but it just made me think of, you know, like a sad David Lee Roth, you know? Yeah. And his little, his little squeals is like whimpers in between his sobs instead of, you know, <laughs> catcalling some, some mama.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah okay i'm into it uh then we have got bomb bag with weaponized described as one man raw hardcore nihilism it is a solo project of an anonymous submitter from nashville tennessee but it was self-submitted and then last up we have got ritual inscription with their self-titled release this is a band from massachusetts it was sent in by ben lynn and he described it as uh like raw black metal shit
1: what's up what's up <laughs> the now? Fucking- the picture the picture of the man of the man the picture of the the man for
2: this band (laughs) okay yeah that's really fucking good dude (laughs) it literally just looks like a kid from the chess club threw on some fucking corpse (laughs) paint.
1: It looks like somebody put it on him, and he didn't have a choice in the
2: matter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like he's being hazed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Right on. Well, you know what? Uh, some of my favorite black metal is made by nerdy dudes who probably would have been the president of the chess club. So, uh, hey, so that, that, so that's promising. Well, let's put it
1: this way: all your favorite black metal is made by nerdy dudes <laughs> that would have been the president of some shitty fucking nerd
2: club. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so that's, that's what, what they, they, had... that's what
1: they were killing each other over in Scandinavia back in the, back in the nineties. Was, who was the biggest nerd
2: <laughs> essentially yes yes um, I know <laughs> so uh, alright that's, uh, that's it for the, uh, for the queue this week let's roll the dice see what's up first two alright two is Aranya. so evidently you've heard this I have not but I have seen a couple people recommend it um, the first song is queued up to play El Lianto, so uh, we'll mm-hmm. just go with that one so we're going to listen to El Lianto by Aranya off of their Escondidas demo Okay, we just heard El Yanto, I actually misread that the first time, El Yanto by Arania off of their Escondides demo, man, that was really fucking good, holy shit, that is, uh, that's super in line with like a trend that is, has recently emerged, and uh, a lot of bands that I really dig are kind of leaning into where they're playing shit that is super, super clearly in the lineage of and influenced by D-Beat, but is distinct from D-Beat, right? And uh, this is very much that it's incorporating, you know, I I mean, it's, it's in that broad sort of, I I understand why people sort of cringe at this categorization, but that broad category of just raw punk um, and uh, it it does it really, really well. The recording is fucking great. Uh, You know, I, again, a lot of the stuff that's incorporated in this, in this is, has become uh, a sort of cliche or a trope, but you know, the, the, the vocals that are low in the mix, Tons of reverb and delay on it. Sounds like somebody howling from the back of a cave. But I'm a sucker for this kind of shit. Maybe I'm a mark. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm just being sold the same product over and over again. I don't really give a shit. This stuff really scratches an itch for me, and I, I like it pretty much any time it's done this well. And I think this is about as well as you can do this form. This was really, really fucking good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've called that out the past couple episodes where it's like, okay, we're starting to get a, little, a lot of saturation. Right. Um, but there are still certain examples that, that stick out and, and, you know, not like this is not like, you know, Aranya goes way back. This is from February. This is from just a, you know, a month and a half ago. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, this was, this is what I remembered it being was like, you know, like really noisy, haunted, D beat hardcore. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah. The recording is the kind of recording that, you know, It's 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 perfectly, and it's perfectly like curated to be exactly as noisy as it is. Like it, it's it's you want you you want to think that it's an accident, right? Right. If you'd have heard this twenty years ago, you'd have said, "Well, they just that's the best they could do," right? Because that's right. They were limited by their funds, they're limited by their technology, but that doesn't exist really very much anymore, if you ask me. Right. And so, what you get is fabrication of like you know basically shittiness in your recording sure um and they they kind of perfected it with this because this is just so blown out and so fucking noisy to the point that some of it just even sounds down like the drums at some point just sound artificial right um you know and it's yeah i i love how noisy it is i love i think that that for me is probably one of the selling points is just how how uh abysmally like what an abysmal din it each instrument by itself is, but put it together and it really works well.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Also, I, I want to note this was recorded and mixed by somebody who identifies as Mr. Music Time, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really yeah. like that. That's a good moniker. <laughs>
1: it's a good moniker because, you know, you might be surprised to learn that Mr. Music Time could do something like this,
2: right? <laughs> you might, yeah. <laughs> yes, Mr. Music Time is, is, uh, when I hear that name, I think of the, um, miserly but secretly kindly old man who runs a failing music shop where you can buy, uh, you know, items as eclectic as trumpets um, all the way up to pro recording gear. But nobody really goes in to see Mr. Music Time anymore, and he's become a little miserly in his old age, but he's got a heart of gold. That's what I envied. I was going to
1: I was going to say that the person that goes to see Mr. Music Time is LeVar Burton when he goes down to Mr. <laughs> music Time on his TV show to, to visit him and, and see what kind of new music he has to listen to, right? Yeah, That's who Mr. That music Time is, right? Yeah. Mr. Music Time isn't a real person. He's Mr. McFeely. He's fucking, you know, he, he's he's, he's uh, Mr. Rogers' neighbor, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. I could see that too. Well, Mr. Music Time did a great job on this because I agree. The recording was, uh, was a strong point of this for me. It was perfectly blown out and uh, i, I love just like the buzzsaw barely discernible guitars um, the drums were absolutely peaking in the red the entire time they were just a cacophony of crashing cymbals um, yeah. yeah this was this was great i loved uh, loved everything about it and the this. bass is just like smothering everything <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like I said, the vocals are just like uh, screams, screams from a distant tomb on a on a moonlit night. It was great. I I really liked everything about this. The artwork is uh, appropriately shitty for this as well. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, as, as soon as this comes out on a physical format, I will definitely be copping this tape. It was great. Thanks to uh, thanks to Eric for sending that in. That is that is definitely an Eric Pressman style submission. This is something I could see him sending in. This lived up to it. It was uh, it was really great. Let's uh, let's keep the keep the dice moving. Let's roll it and see what's up next. Number one. Okay. Trash Ferraris. Uh, so, so like I said, this is uh this is a style of music. If it is as described, you know, DIY sort of lo-fi garagey punk stuff. It's a thing that can go either way, either way for me. It's just, it's something I either really like, or like I said, just kind of seems like transparently false. Um, You know, and it's, and we've talked about it before. So much of that phenomenon is literally just like, what do the people look like? What context do I know of this band in and through? Um, what channels do they exist in you know what i mean it's one of those Mm -hmm. things it's like an uncanny valley thing we've talked about it a lot recently where um it's hard to quantify but you just kind of know when you know we can't see this band any pictures of this band which might be a boon for them um so uh let's see i think the song that they have queued up to play is don't need it so we can go with that one so we'll listen to don't need it by trash ferraris off of their self-titled release the song don't need it by trash ferraris off their self-titled release nate how'd you feel about it it's not what
1: i expected uh looking at the tags at the bottom yeah this was i don't know i i guess just maybe i wasn't listening to you clearly i was expecting quirky fucking like you know eggy stuff right and this was just basically like garagey sort of like old fucking like garage basically like street punk influence garage rock
2: yeah for sure this is like yeah so this is is like I, what i was thinking when i was hearing it was it's as much proto-punk as it is post-punk you know what i mean yeah 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 it it,
1: it you're right it like it doesn't land squarely in punk but mm-hmm. it nudges right up to like the front and the back end of it right yep yeah exactly uh, i i actually really
2: liked this did you uh did you dig this
1: yeah i dug it it was it, it, it was um so members of this band are in members of this band are, they share members like useless eaters it says that's the only that's the only the band oh, okay. there that I recognize yeah um and um, yeah I guess that makes sense um yeah this this was not what I was expecting but I did like it it um it was definitely more rocking than uh, what I thought we, was gonna come at us which was like some quirky fucking you know synthy sort of Eric nervous lo-fi. Um, GT wannabe shit.
2: Yeah, for sure. I was more expecting, I guess when whenever I see the the label Garage, I I'm always worried about hearing something that is like I said, uh, you know, it's just it's it's false. It's like putting on airs no. of being like dingy right. and and of the of the streets or um it's putting on airs of being lo-fi or whatever, but like in fact it's just like a couple local bar patrons trying their hand at like uh at uh, lazy rock and roll shit and it, it doesn't really land. So that's, that's more what I was worried we were going to get. But, uh, but this was actually pretty, pretty in my wheelhouse. I liked this a whole lot. Yeah,
1: I did. This didn't, this had a, this had a tone of genuine to it. It didn't, it didn't sound false at all. Um, and, uh, I think you could kind of like pick that up in the sort of like somewhat gruff, but yet plaintive sort of like lyrical delivery, um, vocal delivery. Um, yeah, I like this. This is, this was, uh, this is some good, uh, warm summertime evening music you know
2: yep for sure yeah I don't have a whole lot to add about this um, I I really dug it. It was uh, garage music that to me falls squarely in the realm uh, right outside of poserdom. This stuff is like obviously made by people who are into punk and hardcore genuinely. Um, they're not just putting on the costume and, and going to the bar to play a, a show with their uh, with their homies on the weekend and then going back to their families in nine to five Monday through Friday. This uh, feels like it is, is actually garage stuff that is rooted in uh, a strong working knowledge of like the history of garage rock and punk and post punk and pro- Punk and all that stuff uh the guitar tone was really good i like that this mm-hmm. is a three piece and this is a band that you could you you would hear this song uh exactly as it's recorded live there there were no frills it was just a guitar a bass drums and a vocal track um yep. this is this is pretty much exactly how i like this style of music to be delivered uh i dug it a lot yeah this was really good yeah. i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna listen to the rest of this and uh and see if they got uh if they got tapes up for grabs because I, I i genuinely enjoyed that a, a lot more than i expected to yeah, they've got some other releases too, so I don't know. Yeah, for sure I'll uh, if I if I if I dig the rest of this uh this EP as much as I dig dug that track, then uh then I'll for sure go back and listen to the rest hold of it. Hold on, show.
1: hold up, something something's coming to get me. Hold on. Whew. Getting the last of that covid out of
2: me. <laughs> you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right, word. Uh okay, so on that uh let's uh let's move on from trash ferraris, but thanks to 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 Granger Hamilton for sending that in. That was really solid. I, I dug that a lot more than I expected to. Uh let's uh let's see what's up next. 5. 5 is sinister wand. So, um I wasn't provided with a whole lot of context about this. Um it was sent in by Tyler Hammer, and I mean, it certainly looks to be like some some probably lo-fi metal shit from what i'm what i'm looking at you know what i mean it looks like it looks to be like something that i could i could very much see trying to re- recreate um the uh early magic of uh you know Hellhammer hammer and, and early venom and that kind of stuff but uh but we'll see i suppose um i guess we can just jump jump in right at the start that's what they have queued up to play um, so let's listen to Web of Cries by Sinister Wand off of their debut release, Neverending Night. Okay, so we just heard the song Web of Cries by Sinister Wand off of their debut release, Never End Ignite. And uh, I was kind of right about that, kind of wrong. Um, I was certainly in the ballpark. It is music that exists in the sort of nebulous space between punk and metal. Um, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly drawing from music of the same era of bands that I referenced, like Hellhammer and Venom. And, and there's more than a little bit of Venom in the DNA of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was really, really well done. I liked that. I, I like that a whole lot. Kind of, kind of like Trash Ferraris. Um, this is stuff that can reek of poserdom if done wrong and and i will i will not lie seeing the the picture of the band on the right where they're like holding the can the candles and they're like clearly not taking it seriously right like i mean which is good taking the piss uh out of the concept of a photo shoot or a promo shot is good but on the same token it's like very goofy in a way that kind of put me off to it uh going into it but uh this ended up being really solid i mean it's like it's not it's not over the top tongue in cheek, but it obviously knows what it's going for from the aesthetic to the name, Sinister Wand, and the name of the release, Never Ending Night. It's like obviously leaning into tropes, but it's doing them in a way that's convincing enough that it doesn't feel like uh, a huge like sort of meta joke. It's just really really good like metal punk. I, I really dug this a lot. I'm definitely going to listen to the other two tracks on this. Would definitely pick up a demo of these three tracks. Um, yeah, I really dug this. This was this was really solid. Nate, how'd you feel about it?
1: I wish they would have taken it a little more seriously. Yeah, because um, c- I, I this had a lot of things that I I like. I don't think it sounded very good. I I don't. I think I it, there, the, 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 like the recording. Did the, the savagery of the recording did not match like what they were going for with the songwriting? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it just didn't seem it didn't seem to sync up for me. It, it felt a little uh, it felt a little too fucking soft and not serious enough. Okay, um, fair enough. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on the fence about this because I want to like this more than I do, but I also want this to be a little more like fucking raw and in your face about it. And maybe that's not what they're going for. Like they do look like goofballs in the pictures and stuff like that, but like, you know, yeah, but like be fucking serious and cool about it. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. The one dude's got what looks to be a fucking polo shirt on. Right. right. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> the fuck. Right? Yeah. I and feel he's it. just grinning at you like, nice. No, no, no. If your band's sinister one, then you gotta be sinister, right? Yeah. Um, if you're coming at me with that shitty artwork with that fucking wizard, right? Mm. Yeah with with his spiky little three little fucking teeth in his head and the skeletons that seem to fucking have it out for zombies, for sure, right. um, going at him, then come at me fucking hard and ripping and savage and raw. You know what I mean? Like, revel in the fucking hokiness of it. Don't fucking tiptoe up the line and act like you're fucking, like, spooky, scary metalheads, but not really fucking go for it. Um, I don't know. Like, this just didn't—this did not— it just didn't smack it as hard as I think I I, I wanted to. Um, The vocalist sounded like the singer for Circle Storm for some reason. He reminded me of that, Um, which I I always feel is like he was like those vocals in those Circle Storm records as if Circle Storm is relevant in any fucking way. Right. (laughs) Other than it's like, you know, like a like like a hardcore band from like the fucking 90s that uh um the mid 90s that like has a couple of releases that like get a little bit of fucking like cult cred you know what i mean like no <laughs> one gives a shit but like that dude's vocals sound fucking absurd on those records you know it's just like <laughs> you know that's kurt from it, he, he Straight sound,
2: on those records right
1: <laughs> no i didn't know that actually see yeah. i don't give a fuck about these people's stories i just give a shit about the bands you know what i mean so like yeah.
2: no that, so so I never knew that. Wow! Yeah, that's Kurt Canales. Uh, that's, uh, that's that's his band right after Chain. I really like the the uh, Circle Storm LP, and uh, <laughs> that's and- so funny that I didn't fucking know that. But like, I think he sounds like shit on those records, comparatively to he, Chain for sure. Yes,
1: he sounds like an old man with cotton in his mouth on those fucking <laughs> records.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I can see that. I like the you know records, what I mean? but you're like, not I, wrong. I, I yeah. never,
1: I never realized that the connection to Chain of Strength there. So yeah. that's why they're fucking cult, right? Because yeah. otherwise, no one would give a shit about Circle Storm. Um,
2: that's probably true. Yeah,
1: and like this dude reminded me of, of the, the vocal performance on those records, and and like. I don't know, man. I felt like this should have just gone for it fucking more. Like lean into it. Your your band's name is Sinister fucking Wand. Lean into the fucking hokiness. Don't tiptoe up to the line and then just be like, ah, you know, we're not really that serious. about it. fucking go for it. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: I feel that for sure.
1: Yeah. Like no, like I... your shows, your shows you should be like throwing fucking fucking bile at people and like, you know what I mean? Like it should be, you know, right. you know like when you play. Right like well, let's go have a nice time
2: no for sure i feel that entirely and i guess that's what i was talking about in in, in the sense of like that promo shot being off putting to me and preparing me for music that that sucked more than i thought this did cuz i i did really like the music on this um but uh yeah i totally get what you what you're saying i mean lean into the joke in a way that uh, is, it, that has a little bit more depth and a little bit more bite to it than like, you know what we're doing? We're, we're, we we named our band Sinister One and we're playing metal, but we're, really we're just a group of nice gals and guys getting yeah. together with our friends on the weekend to play some licks and have a good time. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Lean, I, I guess own the bit lean into the bit and make the bit in and of itself, the fun and engaging part of the whole right. thing. Yeah. I That's get it. because sure.
1: like, like you can definitely go too far with that. Right. Sure. And yeah. like It stops being a fucking bit. And then you, the, you yourself are the fucking bit, you know what right. I mean? But like, sure. but as long as you're aware of, of it and like ride it fucking hard mm-hmm. and, and, i I don't know and i felt the way about with the recording and the music too like i felt like the music could just be fucking turned up like 50 percent. like let's fucking go you know what i mean and it just it was okay so i get it whatever Eh, i'm I'm fine you know if i saw this band live i'd watch i don't know maybe half the set
2: you know what i mean and i'm like cool i got it i'm out Fair enough. I think I think a really excellent uh, excellent example of a band who like leaned leaned into the bit really well, um, not this bit specifically, but just kind of like owning it and understanding that it's funny and it's a joke, but like playing it earnestly while they were on stage was Sacred Leather from Indy. Um, You know, they were doing like the new wave of British heavy metal thing, and like they wore the outfits, they like had the stage presence, like they had like the swagger and everything, and when you were on stage it wasn't clear that it was a joke or a bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they weren't, like, winking at you. It was just that, like, if you knew the people individually and personally you knew it was like not obviously not representative of their out of band lifestyle but it worked really well in this in the greater context of the band because they leaned into it and delivered it earnestly while they were doing it and the music was like ripping enough to match it too and i feel like you can do the same thing if you're playing music like this which is obviously in the lineage of like new wave of british heavy metal stuff you can do a similar yeah. thing you know you can, yeah, you, can like, like, you can lean into it and deliver it earnestly and at the same time have it be like clear that like you, you understand that this isn't like a serious lifestyle commitment, you know.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like like Venom, you know, individually they recognize that Venom is a fucking joke, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they they all recognize that like, you know, you know, Mantis and Abad and all that, they they realize that like it's it's all just a fucking show. But it's the you know, as they've all they you know, they said it's like they're gonna take it to the fucking nth degree they're gonna make it the gnarliest show it doesn't mean you gotta be fucking guar or some bullshit like that right. you know what i mean you know like go over the top but at least like bring some fucking savagery to it and yeah. this did not
2: this did I, not i get it uh nonetheless i actually did really dig this and i'm gonna listen to the rest of this but i agree with your points for sure and i understand why you're lukewarm to it um all right on that uh, on that note let's keep it moving let's roll the dice see what's up next eight or seven Okay, seven is Ritual Inscription. So, some more metal stuff. Bandcamp is ritualinscription.bandcamp.com. It's a band oh, from Massachusetts. I was hoping
1: we'd land on this.
2: Yeah, I was hoping we'd land on this as well. So, this is a band from Massachusetts. It was uh, sent in by Ben Lynn, And uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, it literally just looks like Chess Club President playing some black metal based on that promo shot. I dig it. I'm, re- I'm ready to dive into his world it, and see what it, he, he looks wants like. To know
1: It looks like the chess club president was captured by some guys that play black metal (laughs) and they made fun of him in the fucking basement for a while. And like, you know, it was like a scene out of like an eighties exploit or nineties exploitation movie, like my sweet Satan or something like that, where they, they just sat around and like flicked cigarette butts at him and like made him drink beer and made him disobey his mom and be bad. Right. And the whole time they're like, they what he doesn't know is that like they, they've got like a buck knife and they're gonna like fucking like stick it in his neck before he walks out of that basement <laughs> tonight you know yeah for sure like he like he's part of the fucking the, the he gets a little stockholm syndrome you know like the chess cug kid he gets fucking abducted by these heavy metal nightmares and they take him into the fucking woods and around a campfire and there's like some shitty fucking like altar made of skulls which like in the movie you can tell her clearly like the anatomy all fucked up but they, you know they couldn't get real human skulls to make the fucking movie so you know you do what your dad to do right yeah. and uh he's like sitting around the campfire with these guys and they're like hey, you like heavy metal ah, you know and like there's like i don't know to get back to venom you know there's like you know at war with satan playing on in the background or something like that or you know some shit like that and uh he's like kind of like relaxing around these guys, but the whole time they're plotting on like sacrificing him to their Lord Satan by the end of the night. And, uh, this is like the last scene he's like, you know, they get him all painted up and he's standing there in front of the fire. You know, he thinks he's one of the fucking crowd. Right. And then, uh, boom, buck knife to the fucking neck.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I could see the scene vividly in my head. This man does look like he would be the victim of precisely (laughs) that sort of, that sort of, uh, event. He looks so out of place in that corpse paint. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, he sure does. But uh, but the album artwork, the demo artwork looks good. It looks on point. It was it's well done. It's interesting enough that I would certainly pick it up and flip it over. Yeah. If I uh, Stumbled across it at a, uh, as a at a record store. So let's uh, let's dive into it. Let's see what uh, I believe this man's name is Joe. Let's see. Let's let's get lost <laughs> in the world that Joe wants to show us. So okay. we are going to listen to the first track off of this "Lost in Labyrinthine Delusion" by Ritual Inscription. Okay, we just heard the song Lost in Labyrinthine Delusion by Ritual Inscription off of their debut self-titled demo. Nate, how'd you feel about it?
1: Well, I mean, that was pretty fucking good. I like yep. that. I liked how I want this to be a standalone thing, right? Mm-hmm. I was when I was thinking about this when I was listening to it. Like, I don't necessarily want to hear more than one demo of this. Yeah. Um m- you know, maybe two tops, right? Like like two tapes, eight songs total. I don't necessarily need to hear more than that, because this accomplished what it was going for, which was you know, er, like leaning heavily into like really lo-fi early influences and early black metal, yeah, um, you know, like I don't know, fucking Bathory, you know what I mean? Sure. Um Like leaning heavily into shit like that, and it did it really well, and it's good as a performance piece, right? Yes. Yeah. But sure. it's not necessarily like, you know, that's, that's all it is. So that's all I want it to be. You know what I mean? It's basically an, an ode right to an era that is long gone. Um, I don't know. And You could say the same with a lot of hardcore that we listen to too. Like I don't necessarily want to hear a ton of releases um, from a band that's just basically paying homage to, you know, a very particular sound from a very particular time.
2: Um, yeah, for sure. And I, well, but I and just to in, in interject real quickly, I think I think the difference between those two worlds, the key difference is that even if hardcore musically is not accomplishing any sort of innovation, uh you at least can interact with it in a live setting in a way that feels sure. like vital and immediate. Whereas this is like a solo black metal project, right? Like that element isn't at play at all. So it's shelf life, I think, is reduced considerably even to that of a hardcore band, you know?
1: Right. I mean, again, so you have to look at the total package, not just what the music is, but like, you know, um, the total, like what went into making it, what it looks like, all that sort of thing, I I guess, gets closer, deserves closer scrutiny nowadays. Um, Right. And, uh, yeah, like I like this as a standalone thing. Um, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I, I don't think I need to, I don't, I don't need like a deep ritual inscription catalog.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I get that.
1: And, and, uh, this makes me want to go, this makes me want to go listen to like old fucking demos and like genuinely like shitty recordings from the eighties.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know? I think I think this accomplished everything that it wanted to or could possibly do in the like two and a half, three minute runtime of that song, right? Like it, it. there's not a whole lot more to be explored because it nailed exactly what it was going for with that. It was interesting and good enough that I'm definitely in for an entire demo of this stuff. And like you said, yeah, like maybe another four song demo of this for sure. I mean, I'm going to listen to the rest of this. This was good. But yeah, I mean, it did inspire me uh, to, to go back and revisit a lot of that early primitive black metal shit that I love and came up on. And that obviously was the direct influence on this. And there's not a lot of places for this to go. I mean, unless ritual inscription uh, en- encompasses new you know sonic territory on the next release and they decide to to, to bring it out uh, or to, to flesh out the concept a little bit more but then at that point it sort of feels like um it's kind of anathema to what the entire project seems to be based around in the first place and it becomes a different thing entirely yeah. so yeah i don't need i don't need a deep well of uh of songs to draw from with a with a project like this when you nail it when you're doing a thing that's essentially an homage to a very specific uh time and place and scene and sound and aesthetic and everything um yeah i don't need a whole lot of this but what we have gotten here at least on that first track is uh, a really convincing replica of that for sure i mean you could put that next to one of those demos and provided no context um it, it would it would stand up as being of the same era for sure
1: you know that uh like the aranya demo that we listened to at the beginning and this and we've kind of been you know we've we've brought it up before and sort of sort of i guess addressed it maybe maybe not directly but like i kind of it, it kind of makes me nostalgic in in a way that i don't like to necessarily feel where i wish it were still possible to just accidentally sound like genuinely shitty and awesome at the same time like it didn't have to be this concerted sort of like effect that you that you put on your recordings you know what i mean for sure. Um, you know, like, I, I just... There's something exciting. In the same way that, like, when you listen to a lot of, you know, early demos from, like, thrash bands and death metal bands and stuff like that, when they're still, like, kids and they're playing just at the fucking limit of what they can do. And they can't quite do it all. And it's a little ragged and it's a little fucking raw. And that's pretty exciting. um, in, You know, for me, it's more exciting than, like you know, basically virtuosos that are, that they can hit the fucking nail on the head every time. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. there's no, there's, there's no sloppiness. There's no, it
2: just it's, 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 it's too well honed. You know yeah, what it's, I mean? It's, it becomes sterile for sure.
1: It becomes sterile. It becomes tempered and a little too well honed. And, and, and in the same way, I kind of wish that like you could hear, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like with the you know the recording capabilities of the little computer in your fucking on your fucking phone. You know what I mean. The little computer you carry in your pocket. It's impossible to to get that like blown out raw fucking basement fucking like boombox recording sound without actually just digging up a boombox and finding some old TDKs or something like that.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's there's never going to be the element of, like, we sound like this purely out of necessity, you know what I yeah, mean? It, yeah, it yeah, like yeah, 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 we, yeah, yeah. We set up this boombox in a room because it's all we had on hand, but we really wanted to capture these songs as we were playing them in that moment. So this is the end result of what you get. At, at the and, very... And like... Le- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no I was just going to say, like, at, uh, at the very least now, there is a concerted effort or at least a a uh, a decision made at some point in the process like hey we're not going to utilize the vastly superior technology that we have on hand and we're going to do something a little bit more primitive i mean you still might not have the resources to do a pro sounding recording but nonetheless like it's again it's never going to be a purely out of necessity sort of thing
1: yeah and it's it's just old guy talk because like you know those early demos and, and that, that part of the charm of it, it's it, the, 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 like the value of it as a, as an audio archive is not only in the songs that are on it, but just in all of the fucking like warts and fucking all the, all the, all the hiccups and warts that are in there too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, 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 on the Patreon episode, I can't remember which one it was. We were listening to, I think it was Bill Steer and, um, and we were listening to, some really early like punk recordings from the band he was in. I can't remember the name of the band right now. Um, And I said, I would like to have this just because of the archive, because I'm not interested in music. What I want to hear is like the genuine excitement of the people that are watching the band like rehearse and like the banter between people. Right. Yeah. From like 1985 as they're seeing something that basically is completely fucking brand new. You know what I mean? And they're super excited. That's, that's more interesting to me than like the music. And I kind of feel that way about this. Like the, the value in this for me, as I said, is as a performance piece, not necessarily, you know, like it doesn't need to be any deeper than that for me. Um, it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the
2: nostalgia that it evokes that gives it value to me, not anything else. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I mean, it evokes that nostalgia incredibly effectively, and I think that it absolutely replicates what it's going for uh, beautifully. And you you could put this up next to any of those early black metal demos, and uh, you couldn't differentiate them with any degree of ease. This yeah, was, a, was well done. It's really well done. I liked it. Definitely going to check out the rest of this. Would pick up a copy of it, but it looks like both the first and second run of these is sold out. Probably because both runs were only thirty tapes. <laughs> so so. And, and like the chess nerd, this is the shit that he wrote. And he wanted to show it
1: to the dudes that sacrificed him to Satan in the woods. Right. <laughs> yes. And then yes. they hear this and they're like, fuck, this is really good. You know? Yeah. And it's way better than what the, those four knuckleheads are fucking banging out. And they realize that they killed a real one. <laughs> and, um, like then, you know, the trick of Satan digs in, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. They got Satan got you, you know, and you guys will never make anything as good as this. And, uh, we live the rest of your life, fucking miserable fucking murderers. Fuck you.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, Joe, you did a good job. I'm definitely going to check out the rest of this. I liked it a whole lot. You nailed it. Uh, let's uh, roll the dice and see what's up next. All right. How many we got? Six? Yep. Six left. Three. Okay. So this is Three Inch Horses. This is uh, the Bandcamp is three threeinchhorses.bandcamp.com. So like I said, this is a, a self-submission. Eric Dickey, who's a listener to the show, um you know this is uh this is his first go around at making stuff in this vein um and you know he included it with the disclaimer that it was indeed not in his typical wheelhouse, as far as music that he makes. Uh, I, I really like the fact that even though he, according to, according to him is going for my bloody Valentine meets, I think he described it as a demented Brian Eno, even though he's going for something that, uh, often favors a more long form approach in terms of songwriting, the song that uh, I'm seeing in front of me here is a minute <laughs> 30 seconds long, which I dig. So, yeah. um, let's just uh jump into it it looks like he has a couple a couple tracks uh, an ep that uh he released back in 2020 and then uh release from uh january in 2021 but this is the most recent one and it looks like it's just a single track it's called to what to what once was so we're going to listen to what once was by three inch horses <laughs> All right, so we just heard to what once was by three inches, three inch horses. And uh, okay, Eric, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna speak to you directly here. Uh, you that's you just, never good, man. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna be never, that's never good when you, when you like,
1: like, hey, I'm just gonna pull you aside and speak to you directly, <laughs> and um, all these other people are gonna hear it too. <laughs>
2: No, just since this is a one-person project, and I actually I just had a a a brief conversation with Eric uh, earlier yesterday, I think uh, via the internet. So I I just am going to do him the credit of not you know speaking to our audience, but I'm just going to speak to Eric because we just had an exchange the other day. He's a listener of the show, um, has been for quite some time. So I'm just going to talk to you directly, Eric. First of all, I think your description was surprisingly apt this was kind of directly the middle point between my bloody valentine and brian eno's more ambient experiments um it sounds kind of like an interlude on a my bloody valentine record but i guess that's the problem is that this within the context of a record like Loveless, you know, by, by MBV, which is this, this massive, this project that has this massive scope and is just like, it's almost an oppressive listen. It's, which is to me, one of the the strong points of that record is it's, it's not like limp wristed and beats around the bush. It's like an oppressive listen. You're hit with a wall of sound from the moment you, you start the record until the end. And so interludes like this feel very at home in the larger context of a record like that and I think that if you presented an LP of shit that was in the vein of you know Loveless Era MBV or something this would serve a similar purpose as sort of just like connecting tissue between two tracks and in that way I think it could work really well but as a standalone track it just it does it does nothing for me because I don't have any other context in which to understand this you know what i mean it just it it's it's a sonic experiment and i'm not mad at you for for doing that and if this is your shit then then cool but like this just doesn't move me emotionally in any way it's not like sonically interesting to me unless it exists in a larger context um so you know i i i haven't really heard anything else that you've done so um, so I can't place this anywhere. To me, this just sounds like an interlude devoid of, of a record uh, that, that it would belong on. You know, as a single track, I don't really understand uh, the purpose of of putting this into the world in its current form. That's that's where I'm at with this.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this was very reminiscent to get back to like Napalm Death. This is like something that fucking Nick Bullen would have done. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, but much
2: shorter, and- thankfully.
1: Much shorter, but like, it's something that, that he would, that, that Nick Bolin would do. And like, one of the things that we talked about a lot was how it doesn't feel like a complete thought. Right. Um, it doesn't feel like a complete concept. Um, this was like an abstract impressionist take on my bloody Valentine. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Yes. That's, that's what it was. Right. Abstract impressionism, um, which I think was fine. Um, it, you're right. It it definitely fucking was like right in there in the nook, but it didn't feel like, yeah, it didn't feel like a, uh, a tangible thing right. to be like studied and held on to. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So yeah, I, I would, I would be interested to hear this in the context of some of the, something else, you know?
2: Yeah, for sure. So if you, if you got more in you, um, Bring it to us. I'll listen. I'm interested enough. that was it, I, it was so I was so surprised by how much this actually did sa- sound halfway between MBV and Brian Eno. Your description was apt enough that I have some degree of confidence in your ability to produce something uh, that sounds like what is going on in your brain. So, so by all means, continue to explore this. Send it back in when you got more shit. Uh, I will happily check it out uh, because I'm I'm interested. But uh, but yeah, that didn't do anything for me as it stands. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's roll the dice uh, at least one more time tonight. But we, much to the chagrin of a certain segment of our, our of our listenership, we do have a lot of fucking voicemails to get through tonight. So uh, let's uh, let's listen to one more and then and pivot to voicemails. Five. Okay, five is Bomb Bag. The Bandcamp is bombbag.bandcamp.com. The release is weaponized. This appears to be a uh, debut four-song EP and/or demo. As I said in the uh, when I was discussing the queue, it's described simply as one-man raw hardcore nihilism, evidently from Nashville, Tennessee. The name of the individual who produced this uh, produced these tracks is uh, redacted. And uh, they did not disclose who they were in the email. It literally just said "listen" and then had a link. So uh, I guess let's let's just jump in. They do have an eponymous track, "Bomb Bag," um, mm. which we usually go for. Uh, I don't know if we want to do that. It's the last track on a four-song release, or if we want to if we want to just go with the cued-up song, which is the the lead-in track to the to the release. Which which would you prefer? Let's just go with the cued-up track because AN602 is
1: the Czar bomba which is like the largest nuclear device ever detonated yeah um so I guess if you're naming a song after the Czar bomba um you know
2: it better fucking hit <laughs> indeed all right cool so we're gonna to listen to an602 by bombag off of their release weaponized <laughs> Okay. We just heard the song AN602 by Bomb Bag off of their debut release, Weaponized. Nate, how'd you feel about it?
1: I like this. I like the, I like the, the, there's a lot of packaging around this in terms of like the mystery and so forth. Um, the, uh, Sort of the, 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 austerity of it, um, right. all tracks recorded on a cellular phone and so forth by blank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all affected, but I think it works pretty well. Sure. Um, and I think it, 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 contributed to my enjoyment to the music as well. Cause it made it feel a little more threatening and raw. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like this. I, I, I like the, I, I appreciate, uh, the aggression in the music. This Like it's his caveman at the bottom. You know what I mean? Like how just brutally stupid and simple it was, um, yep. Yeah, it all came through pretty well. I liked it. Um, It's there's something about it that I can't quite put my finger on that I I I think I feel it's lacking, Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, Other than just to say, like, just overall, just like aggression. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's pretty fucking aggressive. Yeah. Um, I don't think like homeboy delivering it could, could like on his own, you know what I mean? Like be much more fucking aggressive about it, but something about it seemed a little, um, the, the, the only bad thing I can say about it is something about it just seemed a little bit, um, I guess, uh, it just could have been a little meaner. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. I think some of that for me was maybe in the recording, honestly. Um, yeah, I maybe. I, like,
1: I, I, I kind of like the fact that it was like a shitty recording, as we've been talking. We were just talking about, you know what I mean, intentionally yeah. shitty. Um, um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like I don't know. The drums were pretty like, pretty fucking blown out and behind everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was about it, but on on a whole, I like this conceptually, and I did like the songs. Um, that sort of like ring out riff that's carried through that song was pretty nasty and gnarly and set a good tone
2: so I like this I just kind of wish it were somehow meaner no for sure I think to me it was just missing some meatiness it was missing a little bit of low end Um, I I think that you could do more, you can do more with an iPhone than, than was done here. But I understand, especially if this is a first effort at uh, making that work, it's, uh, it's a lot harder than it might appear on the surface. It's, it's not easy to make something sound good with a fucking, a single iPhone, especially if you're recording everything yourself and you're not doing it live. Um, it, it is nonetheless, I mean, even if it's not a fucking, uh, you know, cassette player plopped in the middle of the room. Um, it's still a a remarkably, um, it's remarkably tough to make something sound like legitimately good with just that as your sole resource. So I get it. And I'm not, I'm not nitpicking too hard because yeah, I thought the song was pretty solid and, uh, a shtick, though it may be, the enigmatic thing does work pretty well for me. Um, I think that it is uh, executed well here. Um, the artwork is good. It's simple. It's eye-catching. doesn't reveal too much about the release. You know, I'd pick up the 7-inch uh, on the strength of, uh, you know, if it was two bucks in a fucking bin somewhere, just on the strength of the aesthetic alone, I'd pick that up. Check it out. Um, I'll definitely listen to the rest of this. This does a thing that I think is really hit or miss for me right now it's kind of a trend uh one that i think that probably regional justice center is at least partially responsible for yeah obviously yeah in that like bands who are not doing power violence outright but they're kind of tiptoeing up to the line and they're incorporating elements of power violence into just sort of like the broader hardcore scene and sound and so often i don't think it works well but i think it did work well here um Due in no small small part to the fact that this was raw and knuckle dragging and caveman in a way that uh, appealed to my sensibilities. So yeah, for me, I guess I could I could use a little bit low end, a, a little bit more low end, uh, a, a little bit more meat on the bones. But uh, fundamentally, I enjoyed what was presented. I'm gonna check out the rest of that, and I'll for sure check out the, the next thing that drops if anything does uh, indeed drop in the future.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, I don't know. I have to assume that the person that recorded this knew exactly what they were doing in terms of like. Um, recognizing the limitations of what they were doing it's not like they they were thwarted by it that's they you know what i mean they leaned on it yeah um and uh yeah i yeah something i really like this in in concept and in principle in execution um it just yeah it could have been just a little i guess yeah a little a little beefier
2: yep for sure so on that note let's uh let's pivot away from music let's uh let's tackle these voicemails because we got we oh, got no small and, and this person should never reveal who they are yeah agreed entirely because to- I
1: mean? like like the, fucking, the, the 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 jig is up the moment the people know who you are
2: I agree you entirely know what I, mean? I, I like, don't know like- I, I don't know if I've ever revealed it on this show before or if I even have talked to you about it but you recall you recall the project drug toilet that we had. Um, kind much, much earlier. Uh, it was like a Michigan project that sounded like, uh, um, like somewhere between the youth of today and like raw punk shit.
1: Do okay. Recall, sort of. Recall, yeah.
2: that? We kind of, we liked, we both enjoyed it. Um, yeah. but later I it was you really, were saying like that you and I were in a project called drug Tour. I was like, dude, I have never been in a fucking drug <laughs> tour No, 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 no. So it was a project we had on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was later revealed that uh that is uh Damien who plays in As Friends Rust. And uh that's cool, you know what I mean? I'm glad, but I gotta say it robbed like the when you took the enigmatic element out of there for for me like for me, it just it robbed it of a lot of its uh a lot of its potency, I guess. You know, we I I haven't revisited drug it. since then.
1: Yeah. It, it, for this, if we knew who you were, all the fucking like menace is gone. Right. The moment that everybody sees that you're just some skinny fucking kid, right. Some piece of shit, right. Right. No one gives a shit. Right. Yeah. The the moment, the moment that someone sees that, that that you're not some like gas mask wearing fucking chainsaw wielding apocalypse warrior of the apocalypse, you know what I mean? Um, you know, or or some fucking like kitted up caveman unfrozen and brought to life and just put in the basement to practice fucking drums and, and guitar for, you know, five years. Um, The mystery is fucking gone and they just see that you're just some piece of shit, right? Just like everybody else.
2: No, for sure. You know, there's actually like a perfect before we before we get to voicemail, there's like a perfect example of this working incredibly well. Um, like what we just described, like the, so working to the advantage of the project. And it's this it's this solo like black metal, like really raw black metal project that I've been fucking obsessed with uh, since I found out about it. Uh, they recently released something called Repeat Offender. Oh, did we have it? On, we might have had it on the show. Cruel Master. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I know we had it in the queue. I can't remember if we actually listened to it on the show. I remember that name. So it's it's so fucking good. I've gone back and listened to every single demo. I think there's like eleven of them, and uh, no oh, nine. Yeah, of them. yeah, we did have this, and
1: uh, we I don't think we had this on the. Sh- I don't care. I don't think we listened to this, but I've listened to this outside of the show.
2: Yeah, so it's really fucking good. I've gone back and listened to every single demo. And I was chatting with Meyer, a uh, dude who runs the Discord, plays in Moist Boy, friend of mine. So we were chatting about it a, a couple of months back or whatever when I was getting really, really into this shit. And we were just like digging and digging, and we we figured out who it was, but like we were trying to put together because we don't know anything about the dude nobody that we know in like who run in similar circles know who he is at all we kind of we linked him back to some other older bands that he's played in but like part of the appeal because like the whole shtick of the project is that like he's a fucking dirtbag. he's like a fucking criminal he's like you know exposing himself in public you know what I'm saying like that's the whole shtick of the project and we don't know the dude at all we can't find anybody who knows him and like some of the ties that he's had to other bands seem like at least passingly sketchy right so part of the appeal of it is that like this sort of like esoteric mysterious shtick might not be a shtick this dude could be a fucking lunatic like a real dyed in the wool fucking scumbag making like raw black metal in his fucking basement and that's i mean the music is great but part of what makes it engaging to me is like really not knowing if this dude is the the person that's presented in the songs you know what i'm saying yeah, if he is right. the caveman if he is the drooling moron and the fucking serial exposure that he presents himself to be in these songs that's interesting and engaging in and of itself so yeah i agree i think if you're gonna lean into the enigmatic shtick fucking like really lean into it don't reveal yourself you know like never play live Commit to the bid on this for sure. And, yeah, and like,
1: and, and, and in order to get it st- to get it to stick, then the recordings have to like absolutely fucking slay.
2: Yeah, agreed. You agreed. Know, like, because like cannot, I said, cannot fuck around. Yeah, for sure. Because like I said, uh, the cruel master stuff like fucking rips. So that yeah. that helps. That helps it a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's uh, let's listen to some voicemails. Right. guys, Jeff of
0: here. Just having a nice. Colombian-style empanada, trying to stay in shape for that throwdown with Nady Slay. Speaking of staying in shape, hey, Nate, I hope your uh, biceps healing up real nice. I want you in tip-top shape, you know, for whatever we're not on bated breath waiting for the vaccines or whatever. Y'all could just come to Florida where the disease doesn't exist and everybody just doesn't give a fuck. Which is stupid. I hate it. Anyway. Hey, Greg. Is it safe to just assume that I'm the winner of the songwriting competition for the theme song? Because, you know, what the fuck's that about? Also, the real reason I called. Woo! Yeah, we did it, man! We did it, guys. We did it, boys. The shot and Floyd fell off. Episode five but Jesus Christ Napalm Death is gone. Thank God for that. Woo!
2: Okay, so uh so we just heard from Fatty Hurst. I'm just gonna address the last point of your call first. Um, and because you you uh, you messaged me after you left the call and realized that a new episode of the Na- Napalm Death Patreon series had gone up uh, had gone up, uh, you realized that you were wrong. The Napalm Death series is in fact not done. To any of our other lesson- listeners who are wondering, um, no, we've still got uh, at least four episodes episodes left to go in that series. So uh, don't hold your breath. There's still there's still quite a lot of con- content coming down the pipe on that front. I'm also going to address the songwriting the theme song writing competition, in which I challenged our listeners fairly early on uh, to write a theme song. Yeah, what it happened to that? The- well, I'm going to tell you just out and out what happened to it. I re- I received so few submissions, and they were of such <laughs> poor quality that I just gave up the idea <laughs> entirely.
1: Well, honestly, it's a little, it's it's um the hubris of expecting people to just like employ their talents, right? For a show that no one gives a shit about, right?
2: Sure, yeah. Right, yes. I mean, I didn't have high expectations going into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I in no way expect somebody to do something uncompensated. If, If we had indeed used something, I would have happily compensated the individual who we chose to do it uh but yeah i mean it was just i kind of threw it out there as a lark just to see if anybody would send any anything in that was like funny or engaging on any level and uh i didn't find any of them to be adequately entertaining so that's that's why that was abandoned pretty much the the minute that uh it came out of my mouth uh nate what do you what do you have to say about uh what do you have to say about fatty staying staying in tip-top shape for uh for your competition
1: He's going to need every fucking cubic millimeter of his digestive tract to match, to match me. Um, it's just that simple. Um, I, I am, I am a disgusting fucking glutton, um, when given the choice and, and I, I really have to make a conscious decision not to be almost every fucking waking minute of the day. Um, when, when I am given the opportunity to indulge my most base desire, which is simply to eat a lot of good food,
2: um, the the it, it is world ending. I dude, I can attest to that. I've I, I've really never seen anybody that can eat eat like you. It's it's no fucking joke, man. I'm not t- like I said before. It's not like
1: you know thousand pound man on a fucking couch eating three fried chickens and two dozen eggs for fucking breakfast. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Cause that though, they are the real Kings. If there, if there are real Kings among us, it are, it, it is the thousand pounders that are housebound, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. They they are the real Kings and Queens among us. But, uh, and, and, and we should be like, you know, like, like fucking, you know, Lido Atreides, we should be fucking like fish wives for these people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Indeed. Yes. But um it's not quite it's not quite Lord Leto style, God Emperor style eating. But um for somebody who is fairly who, who carries three hundred pounds fairly well
2: and is fairly mobile, you ain't never seen nothing like it. Yeah, I agree entirely. It is uh, genuinely shocking. Um all right, thanks, uh, thanks to Fatty Hurst as always for your call. Thanks for the well wishes for for Big Daddy Nate. Let's uh, let's listen to the next one.
1: Oh yeah, thanks for that too. It's 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 on I didn't tell you exactly what happened, did I?
2: Uh, I I don't think so. With the surgery?
1: Oh no, they put a new fucking
2: bone in my arm. Wait, no shit, a metal bone. I had no idea that that was what actually occurred. Holy holy fuck, that's serious business. Yeah,
1: they 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 took out the radius and they replaced it with um basically a titanium like it's a cadaver bone with like titanium on it and wow. then like like a nitinol titanium like a nitinol which is nickel and titanium a nitinol connection for my tendon wow man! That apparently the collagen in my tendon will graft into
2: so you're dude this is your first step towards becoming a cyborg
1: i i am now um percent wolverine yeah, yeah, you sure the doctor are, said man. that the doctor said that he could replace all my bones with metal bones if you know, given enough time. Yeah. The skull and the spinal cord and the spinal column. He said those are, the, but you know, any other bones you want fucking swapped out for metal bones, we could probably do it. And like, no,
2: <laughs> that's that's not a bad undertaking. That might be something I'll have to look into. See if I can get me some metal bones in this bitch. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's. Uh, I just made that up. That's not what happened at all. Actually. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Fuck! You had me going. <laughs> I know I had
1: you going. I I told I told a mutual friend of ours that I was going to tell you that they put a metal bone in my body.
2: Yeah, damn it! I was really excited. I was I was hoping.
1: What they they actually did was just drill a hole through my existing bone and literally button the tendon into the
2: hole. Okay, that's way less exciting. Yeah, that was no less painful. Yeah, for sure. I was really hoping. I was really hoping that I would get the joy of seeing you go through metal detectors in the future and always set them off like Wolverine.
1: I do have a piece of metal in there the the button that is holding my tendon down is metal. Um but unfortunately I am
2: I am uh not 0.5% Wolverine yet. Yeah, that's a bummer. Well, hope here's here's hoping we, you you can go that way in the future. Um, yeah. right, let's Would you get
1: them. all metal bones
2: if you could? Uh if there were <laughs> if there were like a quantifiable advantage to it then yes. Well, what if the quantifiable advantage was that
1: it's probably cooler than having real bones? Like if the doctor said, we could
2: do it, it's cooler and it'd probably be better. Would you do it? Uh, I don't know, man. That seems like a big undertaking for only the reward of being able to say it's pretty cool. <laughs> you think, uh,
1: Open you up and just fucking pull those old bones out and give you some good metal ones
2: yeah i don't know man i would have to i would have to be sold on like the actual day to day advantages of metal bones but if if i could be presented a uh, convincing enough powerpoint i could be i could be convinced to do it yeah yeah <laughs> all right let's uh let us listen to this next message
3: the best way for you
4: guys to avoid international shipping on an impulse record is if you dummy put it out you can pitch it.
2: okay all right, So that was, uh, that was Larry Gargas. I think that cause you, so Larry messaged me, uh, after leaving this message and, uh, and told me just as a heads up that his message was obviously a joke and he was just taking the piss. But I think that oh, I know. His- I,
1: yeah, even if it wasn't, I know I'm a fucking dummy.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. But uh I think his derision of us was cut short it sounds like. I think this was meant to be longer than 9 seconds because it sounded like he was still ca- talking but his uh his call got cut off. So I'm a little bit disappointed that I couldn't hear him spit a little bile our way, but even what we got was uh was satisfying. So thanks to Larry for calling in and talking a little talking a little shit.
1: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I I have very little inkling on how the how like the uh the engines of our economy work and how like things actually get done in the world of people nor do i actually care right i just care that they get done you know what i mean and like if i find a way that it works for me without it that something works for me without it like being without it being like onerous to the point that i won't do it you know what i mean then i don't like i never seek to streamline anything i just don't give a fuck.
2: you know what i mean like oh this fucking works I think the I think the implication here he was he, the implication in his call here was that the best way for us to avoid uh, international shipping costs on impulse buys of records is for us we dummies to put out the record here. Well, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, which, we, which we aspire to do, but uh, the last right. time I tried to do that, I, I was shut down. It was already another North American label. that already uh, had already that had stepped up and uh, and and is doing the release. So. Trust yeah, me, absolutely. we're on the same wa- we're on the same wavelength. We're certainly we're on the same wavelength. Yeah.
1: I just had a conversation where the, the IT guy at work, in his own way, sort of berated me the way that with the same tone that Larry just had for like how I do things on my computer, and I'm like, Dennis, I just don't, I di- don't, I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> yeah, of course I use the fucking web app for Outlook because that's the first time the first time I used that's how I did it, and uh, I don't give a fuck about the fucking actual the app for outlook i don't give a shit like yeah. who cares who gives a fuck of course that's how i do this like i don't give a shit dude so i it was very reminiscent of dennis like why why are you doing things this way it's so much more complicated i'm like i don't know it works for me yeah i don't give a the- fuck
2: That principle principle honestly extends to almost every component of my life because my my (laughs) girlfriend regularly asks me why I do things a specific way. And, like, it's become abundantly clear to me that, like, I really have no regard for, like, efficiency or effectiveness at all. It's just that if I know how to do something a specific way and I've been doing it that way long enough, the effort that it's going to take me to, like put new information to, into my brain is just, it's not, the incentive is not large enough for right. me to even listen. So I'm just going to keep doing right. it my, in a inefficient right. way. The,
1: the, my, my 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 labyrinthine processes through like, like rote repetition have become more efficient than me actually learning how to do
2: something better. Yes, exactly. I'm like the lawnmower man. yeah um, <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, well, let's. Whatever that means. <laughs> Let's listen to the next one.
3: Hey, so this is Zach Honeycutt. I've got a real finky cerebral question for you. I don't know if someone's already covered this. But uh, you know, as the podcast grows in popularity and you start to kind of reach more ears and become a little bigger, you know, I know you're not like huge or anything yet, but the podcast does seem to be growing. And with people with with figures, you know, who uh, who spout their opinions, we call them influencers nowadays, mate. Um, with influencers like Anthony Fantano or like outlets like Pitchfork or, I mean, even sh- like hardcore related shit like No Echo, there tends to be this kind of like pushback where it's like, Oh, you only get your, your, your news from No Echo. And there's this kind of contrarianism. And I'm just wondering if you considered that like event horizon where it's like, Oh, you can tell this dude's a fucking poser demo listen listener, you know? It's just kind of an interesting phenomenon. It's like you can start with the best intentions and do everything like as well as you can, and there will still be someone who's just going to shit on you. And I'm just curious if you've ever thought about that possibility.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it already happens. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Um, I, 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 I absolutely have zero... Honestly, I have zero interest in what anybody thinks about anything. I do not give a fuck. I was thinking about this the other day, um, like yesterday, actually, how, and, and this isn't a flex in any way. I'm not trying to flex here or anything, but like, I simply do not, there's, there's not a single person in my life that I look at and like aspire to, not one. Yeah. There's not a single person whose life I am jealous of. There's not a single person whose opinion I look, I like, I seek out on like, yeah, work related shit. Yeah. You're a professional. You're fucking training this shit. You know more about me. That's different than like just my fucking life. Right. And my lifestyle and the things that I like, I don't give a shit. Is Anthony Fantano that, that big old dog guy, that big old, he's a big old fat dog.
2: Is that him? Uh, He's, he's the guy. He's a big old boy.
1: Damn boy. That's a big old boy. Is that him?
2: I think he does that. He's the bald guy. He's the bald guy with the glasses. Yeah.
1: Okay, he the only the only thing I know him from is that fucking meme about the big old fat dog, right? Yeah, that's it. Like I've literally <laughs> never seen any of his videos. Um, I do know that he makes videos of music, and like I don't click on him because he, he, I don't give a shit. I don't want to listen to what he has to say about a fucking, you know, fucking Ty Seagal record for half an hour. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, there's there's no force on earth that could make me. And it's not a fucking bag on him because, hey, cool, you're making fucking money doing it. You know, it's just I just don't give a shit. I do not seek out commentary on literally anything. And I,
2: I wonder if that's weird. Uh, I think it's atypical, but I I totally get it. And I I mean, me understanding and relating to it is not at all a testament to its normalcy in any way. Uh, And I don't think anything about our friendship or the way in which we interact or bolster each other's incredibly dysfunctional uh, methods of interacting with people in the world is a testament to normalcy or healthiness in any way at all. (laughs) No, no. Uh, But I can say that I certainly relate to you on that front. And like, it is genuinely baffling to me how and why other grown adults seek the opinions of their peers or contemporaries in a way that extends beyond idle curiosity at the very best like it blows me away that there are people who who seek out the informed quote unquote opinions of like music journalists to help them develop their own thoughts and feelings about something that they just consumed. I mean, it's again, not a flex, not no hyperbole here. It's genuinely baffling to me. It totally escapes my conception. I don't fucking understand it. I don't understand the urge, let alone actually having that be something uh, that in some way influences your, your line of thought about, you know, media you consume. So yeah. That's something that I I really try to drive home with the show. That's why I say this isn't a review show. We're not critics because we're not offering actual criticism. There's no sort of claim of expertise here. And there's certainly no aspiration to help you form, uh, uh, to to form opinions about the music that you listen to. It's literally just, we are assholes so we can't present something without commenting on it. It's an impulse. That's
1: (laughs) that's just it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't give a, f- I, it's, 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 a it's a meme now, but it is absolutely true that I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, for sure, man. And like, I, and, you and know, again, like I-, I just, I just don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know what, th- I don't even know what the, what the fuck no echo is. I don't even fucking know what the fuck that is. Right. Um, <laughs> Like I, I don't, I don't know what these things are. Yeah. I, I'm assuming because you mentioned them that they're fucking review sites. I've never heard of No Echo. I don't give a fuck. You, you drastically under. You cannot underestimate how little I interact with the internet and with people on the internet. Yeah, no, for There's sure. There's like man. three websites that I go to. That's it. YouTube. Uh, fucking. Uh, I go to like a fucking. Um site that compiles like you know like news news articles and headlines and my fucking email that's it yeah. like like that's fucking it i don't I don't give a fuck yeah um, no I,
2: I know so, yeah and again i'm 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 also not trying to flex uh in any way shape or form i'm I'm just telling you honestly I'm not invested in in what people think uh about this show or or what we do here uh or whether it it could be misinterpreted or twisted um i mean truly who gives a fuck. We've stated it as as somewhat of a meme or a jest on this show before, but honest to god, my primary uh my primary philosophy, the thing that compels me forward day to day is to try to seek the most joy out of life. It is literally having a good-ass time. And I have a really good time listening to sometimes great, sometimes bad music with one of my best friends. And uh, it's a strange but welcome coincidence that enough people happen to enjoy it that uh, we get to do something cool like release tapes uh, and do Patreon content and shit like that. I mean, it's literally just uh, a, a quirk of fate that people dug this enough that we're compelled to continue doing it. But as we've said on the show, it's no hyperbole, this is literally what we did anyway in the privacy of our own homes before we decided to start recording it. It's not a joke. This is just what we do. It's how we interact. I mean, obviously well, we ham it up a little bit, but this is like the rapport that you hear here, the here on the show is is our friendship being recorded and it's what we like to do. So like to answer your question, uh, a very long winded way to answer your question, but fundamentally, no, I don't give a shit about about that happening and there are already plenty of people who want to knock us out because of our opinions on this show and it hasn't happened yet so who fucking gives a shit and even if it does who cares
1: and honestly we're fucking stupid so why the fuck are you listening anyway right (laughs) like (laughs) seriously right you know what i mean like like uh you know i i didn't like warn a couple episodes ago and i still don't like warn now three weeks later right i revisited it still fucking boring as shit everybody else (laughs) likes it obviously i'm fucking stupid
2: right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, God, if you're, if you're looking to us for some sort of like expertise, <laughs> you're a lost soul, man. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, to, to summarize, I, I truly and honestly don't give a shit. I'm not putting on airs. Um, I'm just glad that anybody likes what we do enough to enable us to do cool shit. And it's such a time that uh, not enough people like what we're doing to uh, continue to enable us to do shit. Then we'll, we'll go back to, to doing what we were doing before and doing this in private um let's uh let's listen to the next next message
4: so right now i'm just playing minecraft and it had me thinking you know another political thought of um reverting back to possibly not pr- as primitive maybe primitive you know like a mining society you know we are a very hunter-gatherer you know we gather our own supplies and uh gather our own materials to manufacture at a very, very grassroots level. Um, I don't know what you guys' opinion on. I'm just going to make a weird prediction with Nate. I feel like there's going to be a theme that has to do with incest, uh, cannibalism, you know, people turning on each other and they just start killing each other violently. They start mutilating each other. um, And, uh, of course, how how would music be affected, you know? Uh, Short and straight to the point.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that I would turn into an incest cannibalism? Like <laughs> no, no, no. Incest cannibal?
2: No, I think Stout is postulating here that your opinion on his notion that, like, hey, what if we went back to a, a more primitive a uh, oh. primitive society like uh your your take on that would be that we would we as a society a society would revert to like a, a lawless wasteland in which people in which a cannibalistic <laughs> incest were, we're going on.
1: Yo, we have motherfuckers ready to fucking storm City Hall with fucking guns and take back their fucking rights because they couldn't go to Applebee's for a fucking week. Are you kidding me? Motherfuckers would hate living like that. They wouldn't fucking stand it. I wouldn't fucking like it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yo, whatever you think. Of, like, the modern world and, like, you know, the fucking the, the, the infrastructure that we fucking built around us. We were born in this shit. Yeah. And to change it is going to be really shitty for 99% of the people out there. For um, sure. Ain't nobody going to like it. Ain't nobody right. going to like it. And yeah, people will be fucking killing each other. I mean, all you got to do is, like slip up on the wrong fucking day and bring the wrong fucking virus into the fucking country or happen to be like in a coastal region that gets hit by a fucking hurricane and just watch shit go sideways overnight
2: (laughs) yeah for sure man i mean listen there there is a reason that uh people sacrifice certain freedoms to live in a modern society, man. There is a good reason for it, and it's because the comfort levels that we experience day to day are unprecedented and unfathomable to a human who was living even a hundred years ago. Um, I'm I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but what I am saying is that the misery that would ensue if we gave up those comforts uh, to pursue a more simple way of life uh, would be untold and unfathomable in its fucking depth and scope. And again, I'm not saying that's good or bad, And I'm not hamming it up. I could not be more cynical about the state of humanity. As a macro on a macro level, as a populace, as a fucking species. I, I, I could not be more cynical. I I promise you, I'm not hamming it up with that. I think that this is a failed experiment in every single sense. There is no saving us. There is no reverting to simpler or better times. There is no evolving to a better position. This is done. It's run its course. And hence I am simply trying to have a good ass time with my friends for the remainder of my lifetime here. Well, That's there were it. no simpler or better times. There no, were no of simpler course. or better times. We no. we 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 romanticize it, right?
1: Yes. But, yo, you don't want to fucking deal with smallpox and like fucking gas gangrene if you are like, you know, get a boo boo, you know, right. because you live out in the fucking middle of nowhere and uh, you don't have access to modern medicine and modern science and things like that. There's no fucking. There's no. There's no such thing as good old days. No, not right? at all. None. And um, yeah. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Right? <laughs> Yes, you know sure. some so so to, to to sort of like tie it into um Zach's message there, like with like, you know, taste makers and opinion makers, one person that like you know has basically made a post a, a okay. career, a much longer standing career post music than uh he like he did was is like fucking Henry Rollins, right? Sure. Yeah. With like his spoken word and then his like I guess people just go to see him lecture at them about shit right i think so well that's fucking weird like henry's i i you know a fucking love a lot of the fucking music you're in some of it not so much um some of that fucking rollins band stuff pretty fucking hokey um it's not all you know top of the notch but uh by and large undeniable right i don't really give a fuck about anything else you know what i mean like who like it's not it's not a bag on 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 rollins or anything like that like i just don't I honestly give that much of a shit about what he has to say about anything, but I did. Cause I guess I don't feel like I need to have, I don't need to be a member of his pack. I don't need to be, to feel fucking like justified. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, so, but one thing I saw him say recently was like, we're just not into the we thing, you know, we, the people, and we all, this we're just not into it. If, if if anything is shown for the past fucking, certainly in the past year, but if anything is shown over the course of humanity, we're just not into the we thing. Yeah. Um, and all this fucking hundred, all this fucking like bullshit, you know, simplified political systems and energy and all this fucking shit like that. It
2: requires far too
1: much interest in being part of something bigger than yourself. For sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So who gives a shit? Fuck it. Yeah, to quote Steve Brule, Brule, "Welcome to hell. Who gives a shit? Welcome to hell. Who gives a shit?" Right. <laughs> so, okay. oh, this was two minutes. No, yeah. no transcription. Not listened to it at all. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was. I had already made an executive decision on this. I listened. I screened this call because it's actually a two-parter. It's five full minutes of call. Nope. Uh, nope. Next, so, we're not going like, discuss it. Next, Well, next. <laughs> well just look. I want to give him a, a a brief a brief shout here. So, this is Kawi. Diaz who's called into the show before our first our first over $10 patron that we ever had King Shit of Ice Shit, Mountain.
1: King shit of Fuck Mountain but um, hey it sure as shit don't buy you five minutes
2: <laughs> no it sure as shit does not the whole call was just a very extended anecdote about a time recently where he had to drive through Indiana and how we were not employing any hyperbole when we describe it as a shithole yes Indiana is a shithole you had a dumb bad experience here the story was rather anticlimactic certainly does not work warrant the five minute runtime and I'm sorry, but we're, we're not, we're not listening to that on air. Um So uh, let's skip ahead to the next one.
4: Story time. Uh, yeah. So I'm on the L uh, going down in the in the center city of Philly, uh, you know, born and raised, even know, not just this place, uh, not really. but uh, yeah, so I'm on the city and I'm, in, I'm on the L and there's an argument and I legit over here, A kid, like, say, yo, you don't need to argue on here. People are trying to listen to their music. And I look over, and this motherfucker's, well, this motherfucker is wearing a germs T-shirt. And his buddy next to him is wearing a cramps T-shirt. And I just think to myself, well, like, yeah, the germs are cool, but, like, what motherfucker probably wears a cramps T-shirt? Do you think the cramps are actually good? Or are you fucking tone deaf?" Or do you not listen to punk and you're one of those weirdo fashion punks that wears dead Kennedy and cramps in this picture because it looks like the person, that alt girl at the alt record store is going to ride your sock? Seriously, anyone who enjoys the cramps, are you fucking tone deaf? Can you actually hear? Do you have any sort of like valid reason to defend why the cramps are good? Please, please tell me. Because for the love of God, if you think the cramps are good, you might as well just say you support the Blue Lodge matter.
2: All right. Well, there yeah. we go.
1: AJ living in the hillscape of Philly, right? Yeah. Oh, Goddamn. The- just surrounded by bougie liberal arts majors and cramps fans. What could possibly be worse?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Another riveting call from AJ. <laughs> Well, AJ, I guess I love The Police because I have a bad music for bad people poster hanging about five feet to the right of my head right now. Um, I like The Cramps. Are they good music in an objective sense? No. I think the early records, though, were doing something incredibly novel for the time. They were being purposely obtuse. They were being provocateurs in the traditional sense of that term. They were trying to get a rise out of people. They were doing something uh, that at the time was genuinely... Uh, genuinely novel. What it birthed largely was really a, a whole lot of bullshit. I mean, Psycho Billy is a fucking scourge on the face of the planet, certainly. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the early cramps material. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I certainly can't comment on the legitimacy of the fandom of some kid on the L in Philly, nor do I fucking give a shit to, nor do I as a 31-year-old man want to discuss fashion punks. Why the fuck are you thinking about this? Why do these thoughts go through your brain? Um, why did you provide so much context before leading up to the meat of your story? I didn't need to know that you witnessed a fight on the fucking L. I don't I know where. I
1: witnessed a fight on the L.
2: Yeah, me too. That's more that's, interesting. That's
1: that's the good part, right?
2: That's the God, meat of the I story. Fucking, I fucking love seeing people fight
1: in public. I yeah. love seeing that shit. There's a gas station just down the road, man. Once those some once those those nighttime temperatures stay above like 55 and 60.
2: Yeah. There's fights down there, like three, four nights a week. You walk by, you're gonna see a fight. Yeah, that's uh, that's way more interesting than anything that else that was discussed in this call. So uh, let's just keep, keep it, it coming, moving,
1: AJ, because I I really like I you hearing Gray like sigh as that was playing was really good
2: there's there's nothing that can demoralize me quicker than an aj call
1: (laughs) It was just like it was just like you could hear the air squeaking out of the balloon right
2: (laughs) all right we got a few more to listen to let's uh let's wrap it up let's let's bang these out
0: hey yo no bullshit uh hope you feel better soon nate see you
1: well thanks i do um well i'm starting to i got a long road to recovery but at least uh I'm not dying on the couch
2: with a head full of fucking hydrocodone. Indeed. All right. Let's uh, listen to the next one.
3: Aw, oh, did your know Nate hurt his little arm? Did your know Nate have to get surgery? And now does he want to take his medication? Oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. RIP to your bicep, Nate, but uh, I'm built different. Fuck you, man. Uh... But uh no uh, in all seriousness uh, I hope you honestly do get better dude um, uh you know I didn't know how much I depended on this show to get me through this fucking uh hellhole this fucking work week every week until there was an episode missing and uh yeah you know you guys really do bring a sliver of uh hope and joy into my week each into my life each week and uh, I hope you feel better and yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh fuck you. Uh you're a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I am a bitch too. Uh but yeah, thanks. Um it'll be fine. It's no big deal, right? Yeah, it'll it'll clear up. Metal um, bones, metal bones make me a better man.
2: That's right. I, I you know, I I also really like that we've established that like you can't call in and be earnest on this show. Like you can No, you can't. You, have, you, to count, you have to count you have to couch your sincerity in like a sandwich of uh of posturing, right? You like you have to you can't really break K fabe. You gotta keep it up. Uh you exactly. can't just call you can't call in and say something wholly nice. You know, you gotta you gotta start and end with an insult. And I really there's like There's only there's only
1: one person that can. Who's that? G. Michael Thomas.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, sure. Yes, that's that's true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um all right well yo as if like the universe is conspiring against me in some way we literally received a new aj call <laughs> as we are recording it just like, well, came in yeah i don't know we're we're we're
1: edging up on two hours we'll, yeah. we'll uh we'll fucking put it in the deck for next week yeah,
2: yeah we'll save that one for next week i don't have it in me to field two aj calls in one episode so let's listen to uh our last call tonight
0: Stop, you motherfuckers! Stop, you fucking devilish bitches! Did you miss me, you cunts? Cassie's back! Applebee! Say, I want to send a special, super warm, positive message to my buddy Nate from Devilish. Hey, Nate, I heard that for your buddy Gray that you got a boo boo and had to go to the hospital! Well, Applebee's is here to which you said, cool, positive vibes. So you can send a nice, more <laughs> positive outlook on life when you're done with your surgery. When you feel better and you got vaccinated, and if you feel fucking confident enough to come down to Applebee's, with nice the see your darling, the 7-day-day It's on me. Do day, Applebee's. All right. That's pretty
1: good. I I like the idea of like a persona that is, um, hideously obnoxious, right? Like, like imagine, um, just imagine like, uh, I don't know, um, an obese man that vomits diarrhea as he talks, you know what I mean? Um, constantly chasing you and like making you sniff him and like sniff parts and, 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 and like, and like look at things up close on them and you know, yelling at you the whole time. But uh-huh. then say like, oh hey, I hope you're doing really well too. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: I like, like, that. like,
1: like <laughs> trying to stay in character and like actually not just be shitty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's good shit. it's good shit. I like that. Um, so so I was mistaken. We actually do have one more call after this. So so let's yeah. listen to this final call and then we'll call it a night.
3: Hey, it's Claire, uh, finally caught up to like episode 70, uh, getting there, getting there, uh, skip ahead to the, uh, message this week of, uh, Nate's, uh, Nate's arm and, uh, from one, from someone who, uh, recently had a broken, uh, body part, uh, hope you get better soon, man, uh, hope you feel better and, uh, yeah, opioids are terrifying uh they tried giving me those and uh even i'm just like no no i'm good i'm good so uh diarrhea for everyone
1: bye yeah yeah i i i normally don't fuck with those things but man i had pain boy i got a pain in my ass like you wouldn't believe right <laughs> yeah i got a pain in my ass so fucking bad i took two hydrocodone and didn't wake up for a fucking week um <laughs> but yeah that's that's uh i they suck man I yeah. can't imagine actually like having a physiology that demands you take them and how ruinous that must
2: be for somebody. <laughs> yeah. That really sounds like a fucking nightmare. Um, so yeah, as you already mentioned, we're, uh, we just passed over the two hour mark. I think even, even with editing and whatnot, we will be, we'll probably be around the two, two plus hour mark on this one, but Hey, we had to make, we had to make up for lost time, uh, from last week. So, uh, I think we did our due diligence with that and we've, we've, hopefully now we'll just have a normal amount of messages to handle on the uh, upcoming episodes. And Hey, uh, you know, the the upside is that we get to start next week uh, next week's message section with a message from AJ, which is something I always look forward to. (laughs) That That is
1: true. That is the upside of that. So I'm going to take the wind out of your sails right away. I hope it's a super (laughs) shitty episode too. (laughs)
2: Yeah for sure so on that note we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for the night if you want to submit music demo listen podcast at gmail.com just make sure it's a year or less old if you want to join the patreon it's patreon.com slash demo listen podcast we actually do have a new patron um, let's see Matthias Grain thank you $5 patron uh, like I said you signed up at a good time we got a lot of content as soon as Nate feels well enough which sounds like he feels well enough now since we're recording this we'll, uh, we'll get back into the Napalm Death series I uploaded the last episode like a week and a half ago, um, and we got like, yeah, like I said, probably at least three or four more episodes in that series left to go, so uh, we'll bang out the next one as soon as we get a little extra time, and we'll get that up for all the patrons. Uh, Thanks again to everybody who's ordered tapes, by the way. We still have a few left, Uh, bigcartel.com slash demo listen. No, it's demo listen uh, demo listen.bigcartel.com. We still have a handful of tapes left. If you want one, go ahead and order one uh, while they're still available. I think we got like maybe 20 left in stock or something like that, Um, and we're working on on the next release. I got I just got master's back for that and I'm just waiting on artwork. Um, So we'll have that hopefully ready to go by like late May, early June. Uh, And then if you want to call, it's 260-222-8341. Rate and review on iTunes, all that good shit. And uh, yeah, we've we've blathered on long enough, so we'll, uh, we'll holler at you next week.